0: This is Chris Keys for Your Guitar. Today I'm joined by extra special guest, Walter of Quicksand. Walter, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Chris. Uh, just uh, hanging out uh, in my apartment, got all my got my pedals set up and everything, so that's been kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, you've probably been doing some practice and annoying some of the neighbors, I'm sure.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty
1: much doing my best, you know, just kind
0: of keep them on the
1: edge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure all your fans out there know he's familiar with Walter and his work with Quicksand. That's what brings him here today. We're excited to say that uh, another quicksand, quicksand album is on the horizon. Is it not, Walter?
1: It is. Um, I'm very excited to have some new music coming out, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of giddy with excitement, to be honest. Like uh, playing some new songs and just kind of springing, uh, you know, uh, some surprises. I think, and and kind of carrying on from interiors, and also, you know, from our like. Kind of OG catalog. It's just very exciting to continue this story and uh, and definitely you know kind of getting better at guitar or just getting finding new new uh, ground to kind of to break. So yeah, well, breaking.
0: Speaking of OG right here, I'm gonna fanboy. Try not to be a sycophant, but I got a slip on vinyl. So you know, I'm I've been there from the beginning. But yes, sir, I'm excited to hear and talk about this. Some fans that were filming in the middle of June today. I uh, have probably heard inversions already, but as uh, the summer goes on, I'm sure you'll trick out, trickle out new songs for people to enjoy. So let's talk about the harmony that you have in your hands, because uh, I-, I normally see you with Fender offsets, and now I'm not too familiar or have seen you pre- perform live with this guitar. Tell me about it.
1: Well, I mean, I am a Fender player, but this is something I've had for like a long time, and uh, this harmony just kind of... Um has it's mainly the gold foil pickups okay. they just kind of give this like spooky sound um that i think when you kind of pair it with like here i have this uh this lead 3 that i played a lot on the new record it kind of gives this sort of um you know there's a, there's a, a a kind of a punch and a and a clarity to um to like a new guitar like this and then there's this sort of like you know, where a guitar like this was built by someone in the 1960s, like some guy in a, in a you know, I don't know what the Harmony Factory was like, mm. but it just has some sort of like different kind of ghosty quality that I think really comes through in the Goldfoil pickups. Um, so I, I like to balance between these two a lot of the time. If I ever, ever feel like I need to um, kind of uh, give something a little bit more character, uh, or, or a little bit more unique voice. Mm. I think that this guitar definitely um, sprinkles that on.
0: Now, when did you acquire this and start using it with quicksand? It, I, I imagine you had it for interiors?
1: I did have it for interiors as well, and I used it a lot on uh, Dead Heaven's record, which uh, I did prior to interiors, and I believe I used it on uh, Vanishing Life record too. So I've had it for probably like, maybe like 10 years now. Um, and uh, the cool thing about it, too, is that it's just like I'm not really like I never really learned how to play lead. It was not something I like practiced at. but this is just so just has such a nice um I don't know it doesn't even sound like a nice. But, <laughs> uh, but to be honest, like it's just easy for me to get around the fretboard on this. You just kind of sound, I think, good even if you're not that technically proficient. Um, I find it just very easy to sound like I'm doing something.
0: Man, uh, you had touched on Dead Heavens, and I want to elaborate on that because you talked about earlier in the interview already how uh, you want to expand yourself as a guitar player, and I think with Dead Heavens and then interiors and what people are going to hear in distant populations is the continued evolution and, like, enhancement of a guitar playing. So do you want to kind of elaborate on that and how that's kind of driving the music and kind of, like, what you're creating nowadays
1: yeah i think it's um i guess you know kind of in the last 10 years with those kind of with those records like um you know you get you have i, I guess i just started to take more care of my guitar playing i think it really happened actually with rival schools uh our guitar player player left the band and then all of a sudden i was left with all these like effects and all these different parts that i had to fill and i had usually just kind of relied on you know laying back you know in the studio i would kind of like assert myself a little bit but in like the live kind of presentation um i would lay back and wouldn't really have to use so much technique or, or really worry about that but i think that kind of pressure put it on me to like you better get good at guitar fast (laughs) like you can't just be like kind of like interesting you're gonna have to actually technically you know make some moves here and and improve and um and I think with Dead Heavens uh, especially like I wanted to learn how to play lead you know to to just build my confidence and to kind of build uh, a bit of a style with that and um I think Between this guitar and also, I have a, uh, I don't have it with me, but I got this uh, Jimi Hendrix um, Stratocaster from Fender that is like, it's similar in that it just has like the pickups just have some sort of magical feel, or maybe it's just a suggestion of Jimi Hendrix like playing, you Mm. know, that kind of gets it in your head that you can just like hold a note and do something cool if you put some like sort of energy into it that can make up for maybe not having um, spent all those hours riffing you know up and down on scales, so um, I think like between effects um, and uh, you know just my my basic technique, I feel like I've improved a lot over the last like ten years uh, y- you know while still Kind of my guitar mind, you know, like what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot of, uh, I find it easier to execute these ideas that I might imagine up, and at the same time, um, am able to, uh, you know, through my experience, kind of like conjure them up a little more quickly, and also be able to like play them live. So I mean, I guess that's kind of like a lot that I've taken on, but it's really just been in this in in the kind of pursuit of just, you know, guitar calls you calls you on, you know yeah. what I mean? So I've just been kind of following that muse and and a little bit more actively.
0: Well, with interiors and distant populations, I know that you have uh, become the, the sole guitar player for quicksand. And I, I'm curious as how will Dead Heavens kind of informed your effects because I know that you said that you use that a little bit more and how that kind of allows you to, I guess, communicate as a musician now because those things weren't so evident on the earlier records and a thing, and I know that your music uh, background, are, uh, I've heard you quoted saying that, you know, My Bloody Valentine is a huge influence in the band and yourself, and then also you guys cover the Smiths and Johnny Marr has, you know, unique uses of uh, effects. So I'm curious how it's taken you to this stage in your career and this point of quicksand to really embrace these effects and stuff.
1: Uh, that's an interesting question. I think with my background background, Kind of coming into music through hardcore music, which is just really straightforward. You plug plug in and you play. Uh, you don't usually have too much effects involved in that. Um, I kind of took on that aesthetic without like really. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like yeah, you just plug in, you play, and definitely uh, Fugazi was a big influence on me, like in what they were able to do without effects to suggest effects, mm. and then when the um, when, you know, more through like manipulating the guitar, you know, uh, uh, you know, making noises and, and, and kind of bending the neck or these kind of things can, can create atmosphere without using electronics, um, you know, or, or pedals basically. But then when I got into all the shoegaze stuff, you know, uh, when, when I kind of got into My Blade of Valentine, yes, I was definitely like, damn, you know, I need to figure out what these guys are doing. But Sergio, our bass player, was doing it, and Tom Capone were both doing it. So I just felt, if I'm doing these pedal effects too, then everybody's doing it, and it's just this whole mess. So I'll just kind of stick to this, you know, that kind of like hardcore aesthetic mm. within my playing to kind of like earth the other people that are playing. And I really took that same approach with Rival Schools because um, Ian Love, our guitar player, had like so many effects so i just took the role of like okay i'm the guy that's kind of keeping it real for lack of a better way of saying it because i you know if i have a wah-wah and all this kind of crap on it too like how do you differentiate yourself in these you know And if you listen to my bloody valentine there is a normal guitar normal you know what i mean kind of guitar going through it or you know a lot of that kind of stuff not not that my bloody valentine was my sole influence but um you know, so that was my approach until, yeah, some of this, you know, Ian left Rival Schools and, and certainly with Quicksand, you know, taking over the guitar and also on purpose with Dead Heavens trying to broaden my palette, you know, as a guitar player and to, to, to get, just get better and, and feel, you know, create a space where I could really indulge that. And then, you know, I was like, frigate, I'm going to get a wah-wah pedal. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and just see what that thing does. You know, I've heard a lot of good things. And, um, and then I kind of expanded, you know, took the Wawa to the, uh, to a delay pedal and, uh, got a tremolo pedal and got a phaser pedal. And then I just started, starting to get a little bit more taste of how I like to work between those, you know, pretty basic elements. And, um, and then I started to get more of, of, a interest in like what other possibilities like I could explore, you know, with, um. I got into some, uh, you know, Electro Harmonics is making some interesting pedals, and you know, with any sort of single effect, you know, like a tremolo pedal, I've gone through, you know, like any guitar player that gets interested, I've gone, in, I've gone through like five or six, you know what I mean, like, and some of them just broke, and that was the end of that, and some of them just didn't really sound as good as the other one, and yeah. you know, and 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 then you lost that one, and you couldn't find it, so you got a new one, you know, that kind of you know story um has has you know shaped my playing and also given me a little bit more taste and and i think um you know expertise i don't know if it's expertise quite yet but maybe it's like uh, i think taste is more important you know it's like really i think so much with guitar playing is about taste you know it's and not to say like taste you know it's it's like in the eye of the beholder like hmm. you know and and but developing like my own like okay i have an idea of like what i think is should sh- this part demands you know and can now the trip is like how do i execute that the the way that i might execute i might just nail it or i i might fall short in what my imagination um wanted but in in the course of that action create something else that's Equally interesting, inter, equally interesting or better, you know? So I, I love that, that journey.
0: Sometimes it's, yeah, it's sometimes it's like, whether, you know, life is happening when, in between plans or, or you know, the excitement is through the journey rather than destination.
1: I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, I think that, you know, in, you know, on a kind of, on a philosophical level, like music is such a great w- way to explore that. You know what I mean? Which I think applies to so many different things in life. If you're just like, you know, Predetermining what the result is that you're gonna have or what what's gonna create the happiness for you You know, just like in your life You have to be into the journey because if it doesn't turn out the way you want, you know, then then You could develop bitterness or or whatever so with with guitar playing like if I'm just like damn it I you know, I can't play the way that I Want to play or the way someone else plays that I think is you know in some way better than me or, or whatever like you're not in you're not really in the game. You know what I mean? So for me it's always that journey and you know, and and checking myself. You know, sometimes I'm just like, you know, lazy or something, or you know, like some piece of of, of technology or equipment like intimidates me for whatever reason. So like it that's not even really the part of it that's like the creative aspect of it, you know, like the the choosing colors, et cetera, like whatever metaphor you want to use. It's actually just like overcoming your own you know struggle you own you know inner struggles bullshit to like to get to break through to the next thing where like you know you're you're understanding how to use a piece of equipment that before was mysterious to you or intimidating to you and now by having broken through that barrier now you can get to some new shit that like you know might be the really cool thing that the direction that you want to go to so so, so for me especially you know more recently you know um while songwriting has always been that way for me now actually playing is is has kind of become more into focus in that same way
0: now let's get back to guitars I, you know in the 90s i've seen you with les pauls i've seen you with telly's i've seen you with like a H8, hss strat so and i'm sure back then it was pretty much just whatever you could get your hands on and what worked best but as you've gotten older and you've played shows and played gigs and tours and you know, developed a sound and like you said, an own, your own opinion on this. What are some of the guitars that you still use besides the Harmony which clearly has a sonic thumbprint all its own? What are some other guitars that you've used either on inversions or use on stage or uh, on the new record?
1: I'm playing a lot of Fenders. I mean I used to love uh, you know, and, and I think the power of a Les Paul is just undone, undeniable, it's a thing, you know, so I would play Les Pauls, but I think as time went by, it's just like so heavy um, physically, <laughs> so this is just like, just it's just the way it is, man, so, and then I, I checked up my Les Paul, I had a deluxe, and I, I checked it in Spain, and it didn't make it to Italy, no, I checked it in Italy, it didn't make it to Spain, oh. so I, I, you know, at that point, I was like, all right, maybe I need to. Maybe the universe is telling me take a break from Les Paul uh, f- for some time, and um, that dovetailed into you know building a relationship with Fender, and uh, Fender sent me this Kurt Cobain uh, uh, Jaguar mm. that just it it just had like the heaviness of Les Paul, but it wasn't as heavy, but it just had a, a certain girth to it and a, and a and you know just a kind of a different shape for me. So I really got into offsets. um... I got a jazz master too that I really loved and, and kinda modded out with humbuckers um, that I really love uh, and I played a lot on the new album. Um, but then even like the more directly before interiors, I just saw this Lead 3 uh, in an Instagram post and, and uh, I wrote Fender, you know, asked them if they would send me one. They were cool enough to send me one. I love this Lead 3 because it's real small and, and it's got that kinda like... You know, a mod, a little bit more modern, like brightness to it. Mm. Um, maybe I'll throw a little bit of this on there. That I think has a lot of, um yeah. You just, you can just do a lot with that, but it's simple. You know, it's only got like this. It doesn't have much. Uh, Elect, you know, to mess around with, and it's just easy to have around the house. So, I don't know, I just liked creating a giant sound with a small thing. You know what now, I mean?
0: Well, speaking of small thing I've seen, uh, I don't know if it was a, a touring guitar or something you just had a one off, but it was like a, a Fender Mustang with a one pickup. I, I want to say it was like in 2017 or 2018. You...
1: Yes, yes, that was a borrowed guitar. Okay. That was uh, my text guitar, and I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of praise for that guitarist, <laughs> but it, it was sadly borrowed. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that was like a vintage '60s uh, yeah Mustang, okay. and uh, but yeah, I mean that I you know when I was saying like Les Pauls just got to to fit like at least my deluxe man that thing weighs like I don't know thirty pounds it seems <laughs> like it was super heavy. Um, and playing something small, I, and I did a lot with Dead Heavens too, just playing the, the short scales. Um, I think it just, uh, there's something about making a big sound with, with a smaller guitar um, that is kind of cool, especially like in the, you know, I, I think our new album, the new Quicksand record, is like, just has such a big sound. And, you know, and I did play Les Paul on it, um, but primarily, you know, I'm using these guitars, you know, uh, and, and Fender's really kind of become the, the the base of like what I'm what I'm using Um, you know because I I think they have a lot of different looks Uh, you know I have a telly I have a couple tellies that I used as well Um, so you know I I mix it up but uh, you know that's always my kind of I try to have that combination of something that I think is like kind of straightforward and makes sense with just something that kind of sets it off somewhat to the to the left maybe Uh, all right
0: And I'll use this as a point to segue to strings and tunings. I saw in the Ernie Ball Music Man String Theory video, I think the the jazz master you're talking about, the Sunburst, but it has like the humbuckers kind of jankily modded into the guitar. Do you know what humbuckers those are? Because I I can tell that those aren't the actual stock pickups.
1: Oh, yeah, damn. I don't know. I think they're... um... I would just be making it up, honestly. Um, Maybe (laughs) I'd have to... I'd have to go. I think I have it in the closet because I'm I'm gonna get it worked on again. But I don't know that I, they just they're just silver looking pickups. I don't know if you if they would say like the brand on it. They might be like um, I, I
0: guess it, Fender sometimes has like wide range humbuckers that I could see maybe going in there. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I just I just wanted to get like a uh yeah a more like a bigger broader sound. Um, so that guitar's I you know I'm just. I'm just don't, don't have, um, I'm not there yet. Like I said, I'm still a pretty basic guy. <laughs> so what about strings then? I know like you're
0: Ernie Ball guy because of the string theory video, but what do you use for uh string gauges and then uh, typically what tunings?
1: Um, I'm usually using just 10 gauge, 10 set. I like that. It's just, a, I mean, I guess it just depends on, on the relative player, but I like just having a little bit of looseness on it. Mm. Um, and I'm just using standard tuning and uh, you know drop D. That's just that's been basically the the quicksand setup. You know, um, I haven't really gotten into any other kind of tunings. Uh, I think that just be it's a nice kind of two different voices. You know, like I think that they're, that playing in E just kind of ties you to just kind of regular music in a way, Mm -hmm. um, for lack of a better term, you know, just like how songs were classically written. And obviously like the drop D sound is very tied for me. I mean, obviously like people have used it before, you know, like I think of Neil Young, um, but I tied drop D to a sound of, um, you know, of this kind of like heavy nineties kind of sound. And um, it always just sounds a little bit deeper and a little bit, somehow tougher um but within within that you know kind of you get that boost but there's also limits to it because you always tend to like fall back into the into the note of, of the open d so i think the challenge with that tuning is to um do that sparingly you know when you're going to use the advantage of like hitting an open d that you just, you don't milk that all the time. You gotcha. know what I
0: mean? Now for a song off Inversions, first this time is a huge sounding song. And th- is that in drop D or is that in a different tuning? That's in E. Oh, wow. So
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds super heavy, you know, and I think it's the, you know, definitely, uh, Will Yip is, is an amazing producer. Um, and, uh, I think we just, you know, and, and I think also think that the, the holiday guitar, adds a certain heft to it where the combination of t- of the two guitars i don't know makes it sound really just and, and also sergio has like a really deep bass tone that i think just makes it sound heavy i don't know yeah you know why it's because it's pretty basic i mean it kind of you could play it on like an uh, acoustic guitar and it would you know it's angular but it's not like i, I think the recording it just kind of came off in a, in a different way which i was happy very happy with
0: Killer, man. Well, I think this is a good point to move on to amps. And as you probably alluded, people know from the 90s, you had big stacks like people did back then. And you've kind of reduced size to the point now where you're kind of using combos. I've seen you with Marshalls. I've seen you with like a half stack of orange. So what are you currently using, you know, uh, today? And then what maybe on the record? And uh, what would you say you would hopefully use in the road going forward?
1: Yeah, I guess for the most part, I've been using... um... A combination of i have a, a marshall jmp combo from like the early 70s i don't know really when it is what year it is but it's early 70s but it has a preamp on it and two celestians and um it just sounds like a marshall half stack but it doesn't have all the you know you don't have to it's not gigantic and so i i really like that as like a basic thing but i also have used um Orange half stacks, and especially like if it's a festival or a fly-in, I think Orange is like very reliable amplifier, and it's just got that big sound that you don't have to mess around with. I think Marshall's like God bless them, but they're a little bit trickier um, depending on what year you get, and like you know uh, they can they. I think some of them can be like the most amazing thing, and other ones can just be a bit frustrating. I think Orange are a bit more consistent for me and uh, so I, I always really c- can plug in a sound. So I, I, use, I use oranges too. Um, at home I use this uh, this Fender uh, Blues Man, whatever it's called, and it's got some got reverb on it. And uh, I use this on, on the album too. I just brought it up because I just like, again, the, the size of it and the familiarity that I have with it, even though I don't even know the name of the amp. It, I think blues is in it. But um, it, it's just like a good basic amp that can can, if you turn it up, you can get a real good, it has like a fat button on it, you know, that gives you a little bit of distortion, but um, it, it's a cool amp um, for like basic stuff. And um, on, the, on the album, really my secret weapon is this cube amp, this practice amp. Really? Because um, it was uh, something that I got just, you know, obviously for, because it's so damn small to just like practice with. But um it has all these cool effects on it and you know obviously like I, I'm into some effects I, I have some here today that I, that I, I use live and uh, I've also used on the recording um, but I found this amp so goddamn convenient because you just kind of flip like for their their phaser is just so interesting and kind of basic but because it's so basic and just the 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 kind of smallness of the amp I think it you know maybe it's all in my head but it it, it kind of gives a um it just gives a different twist you know and you're hitting it from a different angle because I think a lot of times especially with heavy music you want to come at it with you know the greatest in technology and like the you know hyper tested this and endorsed by that kind (laughs) of approach you know which I'm not knocking that you know what I mean but Because I'm not really up on that kind of stuff, I guess I'm looking for, you know, I think it's a common thing that people talk about is how, um, you know, you listen to Led Zeppelin and you know that Jimmy Page, like it sounds so big, but he's just using some little amp. Yeah. And you you know what I mean? And yet he's able to like create these gigantic riffs. So taking that idea, um, you know, I think this cube amp is kind of like really does the job, you know, especially for overdubs and, um, it just has all these really cool sets. I mean, I could play a couple. of Yeah, I, should... do it. Like, even that's a little delay. It just has a... Sounds like there's, like, a flanger on that, too. Like... I don't even know what this is going to do, but... Now it's small. so. On the one hand, it's kind of like little and sounds like Ween or something, you know, a bit like, like low, um, like you know, four tracky. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, because it's small and because it's, um, yeah. I guess you know, it doesn't co- This amp doesn't cost much, so I guess you know, it can't be the best stuff in it but um but if you are doing the rest of your recording like obviously the drums are recorded amazingly you know the bass is recording amazingly like my rhythm guitars are just like super high fidelity whatever mm-hmm. you know great mic placement ex- everything just done like awesomely but then if you take this amp and then just you know like i don't even know what this next thing's gonna do i'm just like reaching like to me that sounds awesome you know that's just like it adds some movement and and also like i'm able to switch through different sounds so quickly that if it doesn't appeal to me from the jump, I just, you know, just did that. I'm not even looking at the amp and different stuff is coming up. Whereas like in my pedal boards, you know, like it might take a different combination of things and I'm plugging things, unplugging I mean I sound just lazy, but like, you know, it's it's um, it's not like I have any like care about like how I get to a point where I'm happy. Like I don't care. Like if it's really hard and takes a long time, that's fine. If I can just go like this and it sounds good, like I'm good with that too. And this just amp is just fun. So you know, here here I am, like obviously, like I described it. Like we're recording this record in this like amazing way that we're like lucky to have us, you know, be surround, you know, have good, have great people working with us, etc. And all the experience that we bring to it, you know, having worked in all these different places, uh, you know on some of these incredible boards and through these incredible microphones and, you know, all that stuff is like, is, is real. And, you know, I carry that experience with me. Um, so I can combine that with something kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit cheesy or just like lowbrow, but I think if you have all that other stuff and you add in something a little bit, uh, you know, on that side, I think you come up with, with a cool combination of of elements.
0: It's it adds a little bit to the to the yeah like the, the greater sandwich that is the record or the sound. It, it, the fact that you know this little tangy pickle by itself might not be something you enjoy, but with the burger as a whole, it it becomes a, a complete sandwich.
1: You that is a that's a that's a great comparison.
0: <laughs> I skipped lunch, because... so I guess I'm hungry today. I skipped lunch, so there you go. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the pickles for me, to be honest. My wife will tell you,
0: <laughs>
1: uh, the pickles key. So yeah, that's kind of like the pickle theory of guitar that I'm, I'm pretty much subscribing to. And, um, you know, I, I just like that. Um, you know, cause I think there's just, you know, a lot of people are using the same gear and a lot of the gear is is being used because it's awesome. You know what I mean? Because it's, Uh, been you know these are the tools of the trade and if you're lucky enough to like get into position where you're like have good people working with you have good equipment have an experienced team you're experienced you know it behooves you to step out of those um, conventions you know to the measure that you're comfortable with to um, not only challenge yourself but to challenge the listener but you know I I don't don't think it sounds weird or cheap, but in the context of everything, it's like that pickle that just like makes you want to go back.
0: Yeah, and it's I, I bring it up in a lot of rig rundowns uh, because it's a, the example I can think of is that Matt Pike, who you think of volume and pure you know aggression for sleep and high and fire, he's notorious for always touring with the pig nose amp, which is about probably the size of that cube amp that you're playing through right now, where it just adds to the. Amps that he has on stage, but it just does something quirky that rounds out the whole sound.
1: Yeah, I mean, I never even noticed that because I, I haven't seen them enough. But I'll be looking for that pygnos. I think that's exactly it. Like it's just hitting from a different angle, and if you give um, if you give that a little bit of shine, like that's the difference between that could be the difference between you and every other player. Besides, like obviously, what you bring to your playing, yeah. you know. Uh, but in terms of gear. And your, your aesthetic choices, you know, again, it just comes down to taste. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. This is the first record that I used the Cube on, but I just was using this amp so much at home because it's just, you know, I had batteries in it, so I could just, like, put it anywhere if I had an idea and it would kind of sound cool. So I just, like, why am I not employing this on the record? So it, it turned out to, I used it a lot for overdubs. Gotcha well i'll have
0: you walter maybe mike back up the fender amp and then we'll start talking about your pedals
1: um okay so uh, my pedal board started off very basic um you know just a few things i had like a chorus uh a delay pedal uh you know the cornerstone is the wah-wah pedal um and uh over time like this is very stripped down this is like some of them like my, they're kind of always on my pedal board, but I'll kind of have like one row of the basics and one row of just like stuff that I don't know how to use that I'm kind of exploring. That they'll kind of kind of come in and come out from tour to tour, um, and some things that I will throw up on the and usually they're on the top part of my pedal board. Um, I will, um, the ones on the top, because they're a little harder for my foot to reach, are usually the ones that I don't know how to use that I'm just trying to see if I can do something cool with them. And the bottom row is just like where I know if I need to do something interesting, that I I have a, 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 you know, I'm on a sound footing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now with the wah pedal, have you gone through enough that you have like an opinion on it or is it just like whatever wall pedal works? Or do you have a wall pedal that you seek out?
1: I, I'm a cry, uh, cry baby. I mean, I'm just like I want to I think Hendrix is just the ultimate guy And so like any I mean, it's whatever if I'm if I'm playing that's why I have that Hendrix Strat, which I, I, I should have brought for this, but um, I th- I'm so open to suggestions. So like if I have a wah-wah pedal It's the Crybaby. That's the one that I want. Uh So um, I have used a Vox. Someone told me that a Vox is really good because it has a deeper um, sweep to it. Um, And I played a Vox for a while, but I just felt like I was like, I don't know, is Vox an English company? I felt like I was doing like some English thing. I felt like it just didn't have the right vibe Mm. um, for for me, even though it did have a deeper... um, a deeper, uh, tone to it. So I guess it would probably be better for me to use in the studio, but, um, yeah, I just use this cry baby and, um, yeah, I mean to anyone that's, I guess I'm the kind of player that I like to preserve the, um, the, the beginner's mind to anything that I'm doing. Like I just don't have an expert, quality to to what I'm doing and that's not like a put down I think I do great work but um you know a lot of times I'll meet players that are just at a a technically higher level than me and can do things that you know they have a, a, a better mastery of it but but sometimes like that mastery means that they're skipping over things that I'll I'll kind of explore the things that they're not looking at. But basically you're moving your foot up and down, so it's not science.
0: Well, I was gonna ask, could you show us maybe how you apply the wah to your sound? Because it's not like when you think of a traditional 70s arena rock wah sound. You you use it in a more of a filtering kind of effect.
1: Yeah, it's more of a filter. I think that's exactly right. Um, because I, um, I got into wah through, initially, I mean, it, at before I bought one I I really loved uh, how it was used in Shoe um, in shoegaze stuff, mm. and it, they're using it more as a filter So I'll do this is one of my main things that I love to do is just sweep it I can't do do that without making a face <laughs> It's just like I Think of Jimmy Page you know, when he's like, I mean actually that's not a wah move, but you know Jimmy Page when he has like the bow and he's just like bat nat nah, nah. Yeah. I guess that's more of a delay thing, but um yeah, I mean a wah ta- especially in transitions like at the end, you know, as you're going into a chorus or whatever, um if you just kind of hit that wah, you can just kind of yeah, you you can take you can bring down the sound into this sort of like um low frequency and then you know lead lead it into the next part in such an exciting way um that especially in a live situation you know you can really create tension with a wah and that's really how i mostly use it um in the studio sometimes i'll use it as a sort of an eq kind of thing you know like just kind of leave it in one place mm. and um you know usually for like an overdub um but you know uh and, you know, I'll use it for leads, but I'm not such a lead player. So, you know, I feel like when I'm using it in my lead playing, you know, um, I'm always, like, verging on the cheesy. So I'm trying to, like, stay away <laughs> from that. Like, you know, a guitar player that I really love is, like, Dimebag Darrow. Like, he's amazing with a wah-wah pedal. Like, he's incredible with that. So, like... I might, in my head thinking like I'm ripping dimebag Daryl, <laughs> but in truth, it just sounds like total just cheesy um, so you know I try to try to keep it a little bit more on the um kind of broad coloring sort of sense, you know like a paint brushy way rather than like uh, then sort of like using it in a way that I think people like someone like Dimebag Daryl uses Wah Wah very effectively. But I think also Hendrix and, and, and Dimebag Daryl were great with Wah Wah too because they knew how to use it not only with like precision, but also in, take, use broad strokes. Yeah. And, and I think that that's kind of more where my wheelhouse is with Wah. But um, it just, you know, colors anything you do. So that, that's, that's really how, why it's the first pedal uh, you know because I, I just feel like I can I use it a lot with delay but um, you know it kind of works with anything.
0: Now what delay you brought it up I'll, we'll go there next what delay do you have on your pedal board right now?
1: I've gone through a lot of different delay pedals and they're all you know interesting some really kind of fancy like ones too you know expensive ones uh, but I keep coming back to the MXR carbon copy which was Uh, The first one that I bought, really, when I kind of got into buying pedals. Mm. Um, And that was kind of the hot pedal, I think, at the time. And uh, it's just MXR. It's durable. Um, I know how to... um, I just have a good feel for the three knobs on it, you know, between the the mix, regen, and and the delay. Like, I just kind of know the boundaries of them. So if I'm getting down, if I want to create some, like, in-between chaos or you know if we're in a jam or something like that and by jam i mean like we're going off the script yeah like um not like we're screwed up but uh and i want to play with the, the 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 delay like i have a good sense of how to like really actually play it and maybe that's only because there's you know the three pedals on it um and it's just durable it just keeps coming back after each tour you know like it doesn't get lost and it doesn't break so it has you know that that's not every pedal is gonna gonna have that you know so um this that's my it's my favorite pedal how
0: do you currently have it set up like you know before you know get into the jam and more expansive sounds like how do you typically have it set up for most quick sign songs my
1: my basic point is like basically it's like almost at let's say it's about two o'clock on everything okay and and if I want to you know juice it if I'm hitting it, I guess because I have that whole like yeah, that Jimmy Page kind of thing where it's like I'm always thinking of that, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it's kind of at. And so if I want to go like slow, Jimmy, I might go like, um, you know, uh, just kind of dial it back. Oh, that's fast, Jimmy. Sorry. You know, that's pretty quick change. <laughs> it's easy. You know what he means? It's like, I Especially I remember playing in Rival Schools with my, my friend Ian Love who's like an incredible guitar player like su- Such an accomplished player and, and really knows his pedals like what they can do um, uh, Or I can remember quicksand tour with uh, with Living Color and You know looking at Vernon Reed's rig in like the 90s and just being like What the hell? How do you understand how this works? It's insane um you know, my mind,
0: Vernon should have like a honorary doctorate for NASA. Like he should be in like aeronautics because of that pedal board.
1: Dude, totally. I mean, if, if, if Vernon Reed applied his intelligence to, yeah, to solar panels or something like that, we would be, you know, we wouldn't need uh carbon emissions, you know what I mean? Carbon emissions would be down <laughs> because he, he's so sharp. Um, and so, uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, But for me, I'm not that, I was intimidated by that. So like things that are like simple, um, you know, where I'm basically going, you know, drive, reverse, neutral, are good for me.
0: Now, I don't want to put you on the spot and I don't know if it was a placeholder for the music list that I saw and already listened to for Distant Populations. Fans will be excited, they will not be disappointed. But there's a song called Phase 90 now is that the actual song title and is did you use a Phase 90 on it?
1: I I surely did. Um as as promised. <laughs> um yeah, Phase 90 it's a it's a classic pedal. Um and uh I think it's when we're talking about shoegaze stuff, um I think Phase 90 is iconic and and especially for Quicksand like uh we used Phase 90 all over the first record. Uh it's just a very basic pedal that um always sounds good you know and um and also like the idea of phasing you know like like where you're like right now i'm in a in a shoegaze phase right now i'm in a kind of like yeah dime bag daryl phase or you know what i mean like i i go between these different um you know i i I'll get into james gang, you know what i mean like i'll go between these like different um Sort of aesthetics, uh, and, and find myself in them, and so I, I relate to the idea of phasing. Just as a person, you know, I'll get into a phase, and but I'll still kind of like hold on to my general taste while I, I'll I'll be kind of you know sampling from from the buffet of of what's out there. Um, but phase nine, I don't know what the ninety is, but I think ninety's just a cool year. I don't know why it became a phase ninety. I'd I'd have to do some research on that.
0: Now I, I mean, you clearly have, have a thing with phase because the first song on Slip is Phaser. So I mean, you you have uh, your tendency to be a phase, phase guy.
1: Yes, I'm a big phase guy. Let's just you know, <laughs> that's just let's just put that out there. And um, Phaser on the first Quicksand album, of course, the song is about being like that um you know going through phases but um but i'm also a star trek fan so i spelled it like uh star trek phaser yeah so um you know really nice little tie-in right there and star trek is very shoegaze you know when you think about it all the like weird effects and uh it's a pretty psychedelic uh effects peddly kind of show actually probably some of the the first effects pedals were used on Star Trek, I would guess.
0: I would, I would agree with that assessment. So, Walter, what else do we have on your pedal board today? I just brought
1: a, a, a basic one, like, one of the, again, one of the first pedals I bought because, you know, I needed something to, like, lift or boost my sound. So I got this EP booster, which um, is a very basic, I think there's a tube in it, or that's what they told me. And, you know, it's just a basic... And you know what I liked about it? Again, like, I'm going to Jimmy Page. I'm just, like, going to always be going back to Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix. Um, You know, not because I play like them, but because they're just so iconic. And obviously, that's not news to anybody. But, you know, if I'm playing a lead and I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing, if I have, like, if I go at it like this, like... Like, that actually sounds kind of okay. But if I go like this... like obviously very bluesy um but the guy at the the music store where i bought it said that it makes you sound like jimmy page or it gives you that led zeppelin uh, so i was like okay cool and so whenever i play it i feel like i'm kind of sounding like jimmy page uh and that just gives me a little bit more um uh confidence uh it's a great boost pedal and i've, ha- I've used distortion pedals like to try to you know kind of um give my sound a little bit more sustain and I've used them in combination with this boost pedal. But in general, I I just end up keep coming back to this pedal because it's little and it's pretty durable. Although mine's banged up right now um, because I took the screws out of it and um, and then I lost the screws. (laughs) Um, So, um, but it's a durable pedal and it's awesome. I recommend it to anybody. Uh, EP booster um, by, Exotic. I, I think the company still exists. Yep. And it's like one of these skinny pedals, um, which is kind of cool, but it's not so skinny that you can't find it in a jam. It's like your foot will find it.
0: Cool, man. Well, keep on walking us through the pedal board. You lead the way.
1: Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, the next one is a carbon copy. Um, the next one is a tremolo pedal. Now, the tremolo is just, I, again, I really like tremolo for its kind of 60s feel, actually. You know, it's it's got... And, and it really got into tremolo from listening to, um, from, uh, you know, I like 60s stuff, like the Music Machine, um, and, uh, you know, that kind of like classic, kind of just 60s, you know, I guess, you know, walk, don't run kind of stuff. It just has like a cool surfiness to it. But, you know, if you add a little distortion to it and do a couple things, it just, or just anything, dude. It just sounds cool. I don't know. Like to me, that just sounds good. And so anything with tremolo on it takes you to a kind of different place. And on a lead, it sounds really cool because... Well... I would like to have something a little. Maybe I'd put more distortion on it. I should probably stay away from leads on this thing because actually, like awesome lead guitarists are watching it. <laughs> but um, uh, a lead always sounds, or you know, any sort of like um, sort of overdubby kind of part with a tremolo is just always cool. I really like this. Um, Tremolo Spark pedal. And I don't know if Spark's the brand, but, you know, again, like in my pedal journey, I will just buy a pedal because the other one broke. And sometimes it's just a race to the shape of it and the one that doesn't break. This one's, again, a smaller pedal. And, um, you know, there's no doubt that pedal companies are trying to make their pedals look cool because a lot of them do look cool. I think this one's kind of got a... A very practical little durable shape to it Um, and it just sounds cool you know some tremolos don't um, have the um, they just don't cut like they don't cut the you know in between the note Mm. like you know I guess the notes kind of coming and disappearing like I like when the note disappears kind of harder and this one I guess that's the depth and the depth on this one is is really good and it just keeps showing up. Every time I'm going away to tour or go play a show, I'm like, what pedals do I have? Who's still with me? <laughs> and this little son of a bitch just hangs out. <laughs> so I, I, I'm a fan of this pedal. Now, it's a good one.
0: Now, did this little SOB make an appearance on Distant Populations?
1: It did. It did. I mean, it was my go-to. For anything that's tremolo, I'm using this. Although, again, I, I used the Cube when I was lazy. Really? So I think, I think when I wanted to... Do something very specific I would go with this because the cube doesn't really have that much you kind of it is what it is And if you don't like it, then you can't really dial it in too much Uh, This pedal I did use uh, for a few things um, Where I wanted something a little bit yeah, I I think that the depth on this is is just kind of special So I I used this one Um, But yeah, you know these again, these are all basic pedals I mean if you have a wah-wah a boost a delay a tremolo and a phase 90, you can do a lot of you know you you almost don't need anything else um you know to 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 kind of over the course of an album uh take people's sonic imaginations outside of just like you know rock band world like you can get people using their imaginations, you know what I mean like um So, so that's kind of a basic rap, but you know, again, I I was talking before about how I'll have this second row of pedals up on the top Mm -hmm. where I'll just be trying out things and like seeing if, if I can understand how to make it work. Um, you know, how, how do I use it? You know, so it'll just be like some dull moment in you know in a jam or something like that and i'll just turn it on and see if it does anything cool in that moment so this was something that i got an electro harmonics uh, synth pedal because i wanted to you know just see what i could do with a synth but i didn't want to go through the trouble of like getting a synth <laughs> doing <laughs> all of it so i figured i would just start with my with this synth pedal and see what this thing does and again i often think that things that are not that are like um, fake versions of what the real thing is can be better than the actual real thing. Um, and also that you can play with, with a synth pedal as opposed to an actual synth, you know, and I'm not saying that's, you, this is just my, my feeling about it, mm-hmm. is like you can play a lot more expressively through a guitar if you have some, some experience than through a keyboard. There's just w- way more, you can put more soul into it. And so this pedals really cool um, and I did I use this on on uh, the, the next song that's coming out uh, will probably have will have come out by the time this is on but uh, a song called missile command because it has this sort of like <laughs> It has this sort of like air raid siren
0: yeah. kind of quality. There's like a, and like, yeah, it sounds great.
1: Yeah, so like I don't even know how I'm, and, there's, and it's sort of like, I don't have it set exactly right right now, but it has a sensitivity to it that you can hear just like. Where if you just kind of screw with it a little bit, like you can get it, it'll just like kind of like jump from one frequency Uh, you know, an octave in between them and um, And create something just like kind of really unique So I was messing with this in, in the rehearsal studio and just came up with this like air raid siren sound and it was just like I don't know. That's just cool. It just sounds like Yeah, like missile command, you know that that video game like we're we you know and and that you could take that metaphor for like You know, so you know, you could take it literally if you look at the news, you know what I mean like iron dome, but you could also take missile command of just like, you know, our society is taking heat. You know what I mean? From like all this like political anxiety or, you know, even within your own life, you're taking all of this, you know, you're, you're taking fire from, from, you know, within the own microcosm of your own life. And it's just like, you know, kind of sounds like that kind of starkness, Um, But it does all this other stuff, too. Like here, I, I just, it has like eight different settings. Okay, I didn't use this one, but just like. Like that's some kind of cool moody stuff. That sounds like the beginning of um, like Prince, nineteen ninety nine, or something. Like we all gathered here today. No, let, let's go crazy. Yeah. That's what it sounds. at The beginning. So I mean, it's a fun pedal, um, and in lieu of using an actual synthesizer, um, I think I did some really kind of interesting, very basic things. You know, um, I guess I'm like one of those kind of chefs like that has a cooking show that's cooking like really basic stuff. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't know who the
0: famous- You got like a food, tr- you're like a food truck guy. You're, you know, you're not gonna go out and do a yes. five star, but you're gonna, you're scrap some stuff together and you got it going good.
1: I'm a food truck man. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm, I'm like, I'm slinging tacos, but you know, but it's like, it's, it's really good. It's nothing fancy, but that's kind of like my vibe. And so um, this Electromonics pedal, the synth pedal, I think it's a great pedal. Um, you don't know how, you don't even know how to play guitar that good. And you could do something very cool with it because I wasn't doing anything. The, the more technical I got with my playing and using it, the more like kind of off, the, the less I was interested in wow. it. So it's just basically uh, very, very basic things. But um, it just makes you can hear you can also um, switch between the dry signal and the synth signal so you can get more of the guitar in it or less. Uh, depending on like what you're looking for. So it's a cool pedal, um, and uh, you need a separate power for it, though, because you can't use it in the same uh, power line.
0: Gotcha. And uh, what else do we got up on the experimental
1: roll? So another... Uh, I also use this uh, electro harmonics pedal, but I use this a lot more on the last uh, record on interiors, and this is the one that kind of turned me on to the synth pedal and just gave me a lot more... Uh, just respect for electroharmonics. I mean, obviously, you know, whatever. I wasn't, like, holding back my respect for them, but <laughs> experience uh, of playing with them and that they were doing really interesting things. And um, so this is a Mel 9 pedal. So it's a Mellotron pedal. And I use this on uh, interiors. And, again, it's, like, it's just um, doing simple things with it, but it... it it really kind of changes the whole in a rock whatever kind of like right there like that kind of in the beginning you know, and if you add a little delay to it it's like So I got carried away there a little bit, but um, uh, this is a cool pedal. Uh, And it's not only just the orchestra, like that's the orchestra setting, but you can also just kind of go. The other one I like is this flute setting is pretty
0: cool.
1: So this one, I I just cut the guitar out of it so you don't hear the guitar as much. Of sounds like picture, pic, pic. no, I thought it sounded like uh, losing this guy with diamonds for a second, but um, you know, it's a Mellotron, so I mean, basically, you're you're uh, in Beatles territory with this thing, but you don't have to like um, use a in the studio. I think there's so much like software stuff that people use, and it sounds really awesome and it's great, and I've used it too, but um rather than using like uh, a software Mellotron, using this pedal uh, creates an opportunity, A, to get more of your like vibe into it, like your playing style, and also, um, you know, just like those imperfections of just like how strings uh, work with each other versus like how, um, you know, MIDI keyboards, like I don't think have the same, you know, not the same possibility for that friction that gets created. Well, like you're and so um, like
0: you're kind of talking about earlier. This is a guitar pedal meant for guitarists to try to cop these other instruments and sounds. So the uniqueness of the how the guitar is played with this approximation and this effect creates its unique uh, delivery and voice, even though it's trying to be something.
1: Yeah, and the cool thing is, is that it sounds. Because just what the pedal's doing, obviously if it sounds like an orchestra, like an orchestra makes you think of really good musicians who know their shit, that went to school, that are doing something highbrow. But you're doing something, you're doing it in such a chintzy, like lowbrow way that when they meet together, you're creating something just sort of I don't know. I think there's some sort of like in a in a you know kind of modern jargon like an authenticity. Because if I were to like, you know, I've worked with actual real string sections, and it's an amazing thing to have to work with, you know, musicians like that who who have like gone to school to do it, and when they all when it all comes together. But the other side is it's like a giant pain in the ass, and um, you know they don't speak the same language. You have to have someone write it, and it costs a bunch of money because these people aren't like, just showing up to do stuff like that. But if you just have this pedal and you just screw around with it for a minute, you know, you're doing your own crappy version of it that if you do it with some, like, personality, um, is better, you know? Or good in a different way. Yeah, that's And right. I think with... And, and I think, like, with... um, You know, as you know, I, I was having trouble setting up this garage band uh, setup, you know, to get all these... You know, so I'm not gifted in that department either so um, the fact that uh, I can create that on, on you know like in a, in a you know if you're recording yourself like you can you can make an orchestra sound like absolutely perfect through like software you mm-hmm. know what I mean like it'll sound awesome so you don't need the musicians and stuff like that but I can't do that either so using this pedal is like the perfect solution for me and you know, and I'm not playing myself down or I don't mean to because like I think I do really cool things with it. They're just not that hard. It's more about like the idea and the willingness to put something out of context or or or, or create a new context for something that is, you know, maybe you wouldn't think belongs in a certain place, you know? And I think that that's what I look for in other people's music, I think that's what people look for, you know, mostly, you know what I mean? They're looking for some sort of like imperfection that, um, is what usually people fall in love with, you know, it's not like what's perfect about anything, you know, I mean, it's about what's, what's wrong with it, you know what I mean? And that's what people fall in love with, I think.
0: Now you have seen, you've said before that you're not really a solo player, but I think on the previous record, you had a really great standout moment with the song Illuminant, where it has a great solo where it's not what you would probably call or yourself maybe even you call it like it's not a shreddy, you're going up and down the neck on a pentatonic, but it does paint a very elaborate picture, but not in the context of what we would think a normal solo is, and I think that uh, talks to how you use your gear in that way too
1: yeah thanks chris i i yeah i mean I guess i i i want i want to be have humility about what I'm doing, but you know I think that when i do do guitar solos i think i have I, i'm very happy with them you know because i'll i i'll usually just kind of throw out like a feeling and um you know and maybe there's a place where like i i want to within that feeling that i i do have to technically like think about it a little bit but um you know i work within my within my limits and, and you know a solo is not for me like a moment of like Witness my ability. You know, I'm, I never like that. You know what I mean? I mean, there are players that, yes, okay, I can go there with them because like some people just, their ability is astounding. But um, I like um, a simple solo that sings. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, another voice where like, you know, I'm, I'm singing, you know, maybe I have some melody or maybe the lyrics are, might grab someone. Um, or maybe it's the, the you know the intensity of the vocal that might grab somebody. Um, but in my playing, you don't have to. It's an opportunity for me to find another way to engage. You know, engage the, the person listening, or engage the you know to to continue the story through a different voice. And so when I have a solo in there, like yeah, I'm into it. I think. But when I'm when that solo's finished, I'm like, damn, that's a good solo. I dig it. I wouldn't say like you know, yeah, it's not about the technical aspects of it, but some, but it's, I think it's my choices that I'm, you know, I'll, I'll wait, I'll, I'll keep at it until I'm I'm happy with it. So I, I'm glad that someone out there noticed. Thank you, Chris.
0: Well, what were you trying to say, uh, with the Cosmonaut solo? Because that's very disorienting and almost disjointed in, in comparison. So what were you trying to say, uh, or express yourself that way?
1: Yeah, I guess that's the, the, the very, that very uh point is that it's it's disjointed that it's um that it's not working as like um a guitar moment you know like check out the now let's hear what the guitar player has to say no it's just um it's another voice within this song within this like you know the song being like this kind of like universe that you're creating you know um And I think, you know, Quicksand has some elements of, like, being, like, a rock band, like, that we have guitar solos, especially in the past, like, Tom had solos that I think has that sort of, like, get up there and do it, but, um, you know, put your foot on the monitor kind of thing. But even with Tom, like, him and I would work very much on how this solo isn't just in the realm of, like, guitar playing. Like, this solo needs to be, like, Singing within this song and that doesn't mean singing like on key. It could be singing off key It could be singing out of time, but that's gonna contextualize the next transition, you know, and that's gonna like contextualize like what the rest of the band is doing in a way that, you know, moves the song forward and tells something about the song in a in an instrumental way rather than in, in a in a lyrical sense, you know. I, I guess that's the function of it, never to be like, "Come on," you know, like, <laughs> you know i I love that shit too, you know. Like, I do that in in Dead Heavens. I do some of that. Let's do it, you know. So I'm not above that, but I think in the context of quicksand, it, it tends to play the other way.
0: I challenge you the next time you know Quicksand hopefully hits tour maybe twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two that there's a foot on the monitor moment where you do that I, I think that would be uh, very <laughs> it would be very interesting.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid to put my foot up there, man. I'll do it.
0: Well, Walter, is there anything else that you want to talk to us about your pedal board or?
1: Uh, no. I mean, basically, uh, I just I enjoy um, you know, the exploration. I have my basic tricks and then I try to throw in these extra uh, experimental ones and you know to fill out the sound and and, uh, I find pedals to be uh, really interesting as a matter of fact I have an album by Rival Schools called Pedals that's how interested I am and I have three songs named after effects pedals well well, (laughs) I don't know
0: I don't want to pin you down and you know get in trouble with anyone uh, higher up than you but can you allude to when maybe people can start hearing new music I know you said that the the next song missile command might be out soon or around this time this airs but do you have any timetable for releases together in terms of the record
1: yes I believe the record comes out in the fall um, and and I think I think it announces like for sale in uh, July so I guess I'm hoping that this I will get in trouble if this comes out before that announcement uh, but I was told that I could just talk about it and have it come out when that is it uh so i'm i think it's in july i think we have one song coming and then the pre-order happens in july and the record comes out i think in in august or september and we're going to be touring too so there you go you have the whole thing out there
0: perfect perfect thank you so much walter
1: thank you chris so much fun to talk with you